You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Guys, welcome back to Buff Hub, a Buffalo Run Wings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and I want to focus on speed. Is speed the need? We lost speed with John Brown. We saw what the Bills looked like against Kansas City. Tyreek Hill shredded, <laughs> shredded the defense. We, we had no one to keep up with him. So what do we do? What do we attack in the draft? What do we do to upgrade? What do we do to make make sure our players who are speedy get better opportunities? Like guys like Isaiah McKenzie. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of things to think about. But I want to simplify it for you in this podcast. So we're going to talk about the offensive side. And we're going to talk about the defensive side. So I know that you guys have been seeing a lot of players that have been showing up. Uh, there's one guy in particular on the defensive side we're definitely going to talk about, and his name is Zay- his name is Zaven Collins. And goodness gracious, out of Tulsa, this guy is absolute dynamite. Um, I'm interested to see where he's going to fall in the latest Mel Kiper, uh, you know, mock draft. <laughs> looks like he's fallen to the Buffalo Bills. Did not see that coming. Um, you know, he's still got guys like Jabril Cox who are in play, and we're, we're, we're all on this Travis Etienne train. I am. Because, yes, I do believe having speed in the backfield will help the longevity of an offensive attack for the Buffalo Bills, especially when you need more playmakers in the arsenal. We have to admit it. And, you know, you put, you put a lot of pressure on Josh Allen. You put a lot of pressure on Stephon Diggs. But, you know, at the end of the day, they aren't going to keep progressing if they don't consistently get opportunities to connect with each other. Now, it's interesting, right? Because you look at Cole Beasley, you know, has an amazing season. And you're hoping that someone else will emerge out of this crop of wide receivers we have. And yet, if Stephon Diggs is off the field now, we still have question marks, and this is yet to be seen what Emmanuel Sanders is going to do for the Bills' offense. We are all in belief this is going to be a very strong possession-to-possession attacking offense. But deep down, <laughs> if you're like me, you're hoping that the Buffalo Bills, are there's an ace in the deck, either in the draft or maybe even next year that they're looking at to be able to really bring that speed into the offense. So look, let's let's just talk about the offensive side here. I've gone on the record talking about several players that I think can bring a lot of speed. But is speed it? 
Do, do we have speed? It, it, look, for the first time, I think since the Buffalo Bills had Isaiah McKenzie, we finally saw what he could do. So let's hypothetically say right now, there is no guy that we draft this year that can do what Isaiah does. Does he get more opportunities then? Should Isaiah McKenzie get more involved in the offense? He loves Buffalo. I mean, he signed for probably the cheapest deal I've ever seen a wide receiver sign for out of his technical caliber signed to the Buffalo Bills. So you look at the speed factor. I think the Bills at the wide receiver position, I think if we utilize Isaiah McKenzie more, we can get that. But I think they are looking at probably drafting someone who can do that for the future. So they're not worrying about having to re-sign, 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 and they got all these other contracts lining up. Obviously, you know, the elephant in the room is Josh Allen's massive, gigantic contract that's coming. I believe it's going to be similar to Patrick Mahomes, but, um, you know, that's just me. So if we're analyzing what happened last year as far as off- offensive efficiency went, <laughs> you know, the Buffalo Bills absolutely dominated. And, you know, there were, there were plenty of times where, you saw an identity. And it's interesting as we went into this, you know, as we went into the playoffs and we went into facing Kansas City, you started to really feel like, okay, something's missing. Am I right or am I wrong? You can correct me in the comments. I'd love to see what you guys have to say. But look, when the playoffs hit, is it me or did the offense slow down? significantly right speed kills let's get that straight speed kills any defense and when executed correctly they're they're searching for answers from everywhere i mean they're blitzing they're trying to drop everyone in his zone they're <laughs> the buffalo bills try to do all they could to stop tyree kill for example and we're going to talk about the defensive side and how we can improve and you know where the Bills need to have speed at, whether if it's a speed rusher, whether if it's a, a speedy defensive back. We're going to get into all that and you know, line, you know, linebackers, whatever have you. But um, as far as the offensive side goes, we have to admit, I don't think we've really seen what the Buffalo Bills can truly do on offense yet. This is the first time since the early 90s that we have seen an offense this explosive on virtually every level except for the running game. Now, look, I remember talking with Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot, uh, you know, Buffalo Bills beat reporter and NOI upwriter, um, uh, you know, Ryan Talbot. So I had a disagreement at first, but the more I kept talking to Matt, I kept it just kept sinking in that, you know, he was right. He was absolutely right. I think the running backs literally just took a shock. They really didn't even know how to respond to the game plan week to week. You know, how do we fit? 
you know, I, and look, I've gone on the record saying, as far as the running back position goes, and we're going to talk about this, that like, look, we may not have the guys that fits this offense anymore. That's probably a position we're going to have to, I, I'm pretty sure Brandon Bean's looking at Travis Etienne and a Matt Breida combo and possibly throwing Devin Singletary. And I'm not trying to completely, you know, abandon, abandon ship on Devin Singletary. I mean, he's going to be there next year, but um, I don't think he's a long-term answer, but I think he can be utilized if there's need for the running back, you know, position to, to be utilized in a game plan. Like, but the fact of the matter is we need a guy similar to Alvin Kamara if we're going to run this offense. We have to. We need a guy who can get in a split backfield with another guy. We wide, we run a, you know, a three wide receiver set, swing one out to the right, swing one out to the left, maybe line one up into the into the slot and let him go. Hell, that's what we did with LaShawn McCoy. But, you know, there are several ways to improve this offense. And so as far as I am getting the notion right now, look, <laughs> we signed Matt Breida. And that for me, for me personally, was a sign that this wasn't, oh, this is one of the best players in free agency. We just have to sign him. No, 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 no. They've had their eye on this guy before he before he hit Miami. They wanted to improve the running back position immediately because they know that when the going gets tough, they need a guy who can make something happen. Especially when we're dealing with sticky coverage and the referees aren't making a freaking call. We need a guy who can slip around the backfield, swing it out, get us 10, 15 yards to open up the game all over again. There are drives that I know the Bills, and you look at, you listen to what Josh Allen had to say about the Chiefs game and, you know, not executing and things of that nature. Like, basically, what that tells me is that they didn't have answers on how to get on that level. And look, it's hard in an AFC championship, you know. To, to match the level of someone who's been there before, right? And this is this is like it's an interesting thing to talk about real quick here. It's a parenthesis. Like, think about this. Tom Brady has been winning left and right these Super Bowls. And the one thing that is like the trump card every single time he's in that Super Bowl is experience. This man has been through the ringer. As much as we hate how much he's won. You have to respect and understand how much he has lost as well and in the manner he's had to lose. You go undefeated an entire season, then lose to Eli Manning and a four-man rush from the, from the Giants and a David Tyree catch. And then, you know, similar thing happens again. Um, then they lose to the Eagles. like, And then, you know, he has... <laughs> phenomenal, historic, amazing games where he comes back. He comes back against, you know, at the Atlanta Falcons. He leads them to win against the Los Angeles Rams. You know, what I'm getting to here is that there are levels that the Bills need to hit to get to that point that we want to see them. 
and and you know that's obviously winning a Super Bowl. But look, these things are going to happen. Hard losses, right? Heartbreaking <laughs> losses, but it, they're, they're, in a season where there's so much positive to take, um, with the little experience that Josh Allen took from that first playoff loss, showed me that this guy wants to win it all, not once, but multiple times. He wants to be on that Tom Brady level. He wants that experience, but he also he needs that supporting cast. And now this is. We're going we're gonna to funnel it all down here. How do we improve that offense with speed? Well, like I said, I think we have two strong assets in Matt Breida and Isaiah McKenzie. Is there anyone in the draft now? I have mentioned a few. You guys remember Anthony Schwartz, right? Hello, loyal listeners. You've been listening to what I had to say about him. And let me tell you, this guy is the fastest college football player. This guy's insane. 4.27 wide receiver out of Auburn. I don't know how maybe they can improve his hand skills, whatever, but if you can get a guy like that, just get him in a packages where we can swing him around with Isaiah McKenzie and open up the offense like we've never seen before. It, people are looking at the tape. Let me tell you something right now. Like They are believing that Josh Allen's ceiling is higher than Mahomes. You take away the speed from that Kansas City offense, what do you have? There is not one player besides Travis Kelsey that will help you possession to possession truly get it done. The minute you have someone who can match that speed of Tyreek Hill, which is very rare, obviously, but you're able to maneuver... Um, your defense to basically take away his speed. You, you have a good, you have obviously a good pass rush. You have maybe a guy at the nickel position who can at least try to stay at his waist, whatever. They don't have another guy that Mahomes can throw it to. You see him play breaks down. He's rolling out to his right. The ball always goes to Kelsey. Right, so the supporting cast of Mahomes is is built for his style of play. Mahomes does not have a stronger arm than Josh Allen. He may be able to throw a rocket, you know, down the field, but that's that's like that's normal in the NFL. Let's be real. Anyone can anyone can throw a 50-60 yard pass, maybe more, but it's very rare you're going to have to do that. Like if you want to win the big games, you got to be able to control, you know, and take what the defense is giving you, but you you know, control possession to possession. And that's where I think Josh Allen has the strength with his offense right now. And we're just missing that key, a guy who can pop off, um, you know, the top on the defense. Emmanuel Sanders and, and Stephon Diggs are going to shred defenses next year, especially with Cole Beasley. Now you talk about a guy who can win one-on-one -on -one coverage Look, I'll just be real with you. I think Emmanuel Sanders is light years ahead of John Brown in that aspect. I appreciate everything that John Brown did, um, especially you know when you know Josh Allen had no one in one year, and then obviously 
you got you throw him in the in the you know in the wide receiver one position. You got you know him and Colby's the trading off. It was it was neat to see that you know there was a glimpse of hope at the offensive side of the football. But if we're talking about taking it to the next level, we this is what we want. We want speed, and this guy Anthony Schwartz is a guy who can bring that. Again, it's utilization. What does Aaron Dable prioritize week to week? Because we know we need to get Stephon Diggs' touches. All right. Now, if, if we're going to talk about pedigree here, right? Look, and I understand <laughs> Josh Allen did not come from Alabama, right? I get it in comparison to, you know, what I'm talking about here. Like, I, <clears throat> but if we're going to, if we're going to make a poll, you definitely want a guy who's going to come from a strong pedigree of school over some guy who's going to come from some random college, right? That you probably never heard of, or you maybe you heard of them, but you just don't really want to watch their games on, you know, on Saturday. This kid out of LSU, Jamar Chase, I think plays big time. He had a 4-3-4, 4 yard dash. He's 6'1", 200 pounds. I like him a lot because of the way he's able to track the football in the air and also the ability to when plays are designed for him as well. Like that's the other thing (laughs) he's, this is what sucks, right? Getting plays designed for players consistently to create opportunities for him. Like this is where the whole, how many targets does this guy get versus, you know, cause we want a guy who can obviously take the offense to the next level, but what happens if he doesn't get enough, enough opportunities to really develop? Like we're going to have to, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I, I think the philosophy on the offensive side of the football probably has to tweak a little bit going into next year. And maybe a guy like Stefan Diggs has to bite the bullet on maybe taking less targets to be able to benefit the rest of the team. Because, look, we want to see great numbers. We want to win football games in the, regu- in the regular season. But we have only one team now in the playoffs that, you know, will get that first round by. Given, I understand you want to have home field advantage, which was huge for the Bills, you know, um, being able to get their first playoff win in over 25 years. Like, I understand. But my thing is this, like, you know, having a guy who can, you know, get plays designed for him consistently throughout the year and then have more opportunities in the playoffs opens up the entire offense. This is where I get very, mm, okay, like <sighs> philosophically, as much as I don't like the team that is the New England Patriots for a lot of reasons, right? Philosophically, offensively, and defensively, every player is for the team. And, you know, I don't want a Belichick-coached team, per se, but I do agree with the way he ran the team, just maybe not the person he, he kind of was going about it. Like, he was, all, he was always very sus to me, like, whatever. Um, but he had a way of making all these players buy into every player counts. And we're going to do whatever it takes to just win. Screw the targets. Screw this. Screw that. Like, if you're not going to help us win the game because of the game plan we need to go into, you're going to have to shut your mouth and deal with it. You know? Um, and look, when the playoffs come, that's kind of how you have to be. I don't know what happened going into the Kansas City game. 
Were they just all around 10 times better than the Bills? I don't know. I thought we improved significantly after we lost to them at home and on a, on a rainy night. And I'm getting, I'm looking at a guy like, you know, Jamar Chase, Anthony Schwartz, and I'm saying to myself, what if you had just one of those guys and Isaiah McKenzie on the field with Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley? If I'm a defense, I am shivering and I have to play three deep, if not four deep, just to make sure the top doesn't get blown off. And that creates opportunities to continue to, you know, push possessions further down the field, consistently getting first downs because you've got to respect that speed. <laughs> and you got to respect Stefan Diggs. Okay, these guys aren't open deep. Well, guess who's always going to be open one-on-one? Stefan Diggs. So that's where I'm coming from. These are two guys I wanted to talk about. Um, and now we're going to jump on the <laughs> defensive side of the football, man. There's so much to talk about. I love defense. Obviously, as you guys heard my mock, um, you know, we're going to get into my la- my last and final mock at the end of this as well. But you know, look, defensively, we know what threshold we need to break through. We know what that ceiling feels like. We know how high it is. Defensively, we need to be matched up a lot faster and better against the Kansas City Chiefs. We need. We have physicality, in my opinion. I think we developed that throughout the year. I think the speed is an issue as far. And I'm not. I'm not talking about Matt Milano. I'm not talking about uh, Tremaine Edmonds here. I'm talking about. Our pass rush did not get to the quarterback fast enough. Maybe it was strong enough. Okay, let's say it takes two and a half to three seconds for the for the defensive lineman to be able to penetrate and get to Mahomes. Okay, but this guy, especially, even not even just Mahomes, but just Tom Brady, right? We're looking at these guys. We're looking at maybe a guy like Aaron Rodgers too, right? These guys get the ball out of their hands so freaking fast. <laughs> You can't do anything about it. Your pass rush is basically nullified, and you're dropping, you know, everyone in the coverage. You got like a two or three man rush at times because you know you have to st- you have to find a way to stop the freaking pass. Now, what we are realizing, as you know, the dust is settled, and we're looking at the defense. We're looking at who's in the draft. We're looking at all these players that are starting to emerge out of their pro days, whatever have you. We need it wherever we can get it. (laughs) I know you wouldn't mind having a guy at the cornerback position who is just as fast as Tyreek Hill. Am I right? All right. So I don't know exactly how much you know, college football you guys watch, but this guy for me kind of fell underneath the radar here. Charlie Stokes, a junior, he's a cornerback, um, 6'1", 185 pounds out of Georgia. Time and time again, I saw two things I want to mention that I think could really benefit the Bills defense. I saw this kid getting to (laughs) the end of a wide receiver's route well before they were done with it. And I saw him come off the corner blitz like lightning. When is the last time we had a cornerback who could do that? Yeah, I can't remember either. 
well, you know, Tredavious White getting in, getting that, you know, forced fumble on a good old uh, Drew Locke, right? But a guy who can basically disrupt an entire offensive game plan. I'm telling you, speed kills. I'm not saying this guy can get to the end of Tyree Kill's route, but I'm definitely betting that this guy could at least keep up. You saw Taron Johnson chasing that man for his dear life the entire game. They manned him up, and the Buffalo Bills said, deal with it. We got other stuff to take care of. We got Mahomes and we got Travis Kelsey. Please just try to slow this man down while we try to get after this kid. Patrick Mahomes, you know. I like his style of football. I think it's very physical. You saw pick sixes as well. Um, a turnover machine and a cornerback who can provide that, can provide electrifying f- football for his whole career. You know, um, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That's what we like to see. That's what we want to, that's what we want, right? Um, the defense creating turnovers and getting the offense more opportunities to stay on the field and keep the other offense off the field. All right, here we go. Ah, oh, man, Zaven freaking Collins, man. This guy's a freak of nature. You know, I know some of you are still a little bit butthurt about us not getting J.J. Watt. Like I said, we want guys who can create turnovers, right? We want guys who can do a little bit of everything. You get that out of J.J. Watt. I understand that. This guy is getting towards the end of his career. He probably just wanted the money. He probably just wanted to seal the deal. And he wanted to be noticed going out, you know, at the end of his career. And... We want that, you know, that umph, that grit, um, which I still think we get that out of Matt Milano, and some out of you know Tremaine Edmonds. I think he's starting to really develop that about himself. But this guy, this linebacker man, this guy's a freak of nature. He's six four, you know, two hundred and sixty pounds. He can rush the quarterback, and he can drop into coverage. That's his bread and butter, man. Both. Guys, what else do you want? (laughs) And I understand we want to be able to stop the run. I get that. But if that's his bread and butter, being able to rush the quarterback in a blitz and drop in a coverage, his kids also, just in case you didn't know, he's coming out of Tulsa. Um, That's why we love Matt Milano. If you get another guy similar to that skill set who is just as big as Tremaine Edmonds, are you kidding me? I am terrified to pass the football anywhere on the field with those animals on the field like that, man. They would dominate. And I know I talked about you know Jabril Cox, but the more I watch this guy, and the more I start seeing not only just Mel Kuyper's mock drafts, but I start seeing a lot of guys that, I mean, he's close dropping a Buffalo. There's a good chance maybe the Bills go defense, especially if Travis Etienne is not there, if Najee Harris is not there. And we have a guy who can really just bring that stoutness that we we enjoy watching as Buffalo Bills fans, right? We enjoy, you know, feeling uh 
you know, that old school mentality, been able to smack the quarterback and stop the football from getting thrown down the field. I mean, if a linebacker can do that, that's what I'm talking about. That's what we need. Um, it's a passing league now. Really is. Um, you know, back then, you know, we wanted a guy similar, you know, to Brian Urlacher, Zach Thomas, London Fletcher, which I still think would be amazing. But you get what I'm saying? These guys are very downhill guys. Um, you know, Ray Lewis, a very downhill guy. Later, you know, as he, you know, got further into his career, you started to see he, st- he stuck to more of his downhill side. That was his, um, that was just his way of playing football. Um, this kid is, he's something else. I think he's special. And I think that's something that we could also improve on as far as speed goes on the defensive side of the football. And I know some of you are saying maybe in the back of your head, well, you know, there's Marco Wilson, you know, coming out of Florida, defensive back, you know, you had a 4-3-5, you know, you got Kelvin Joseph's quarterback out of Kentucky, a 4-3-4. Like, I get it. Um, You know, as far as I'm concerned, I just, I'm also looking at scheme fit, how the Bills like to run, you know, what they do. You got a guy in McDermott who's a very, um, you know, just, he loves disguising his coverages. (laughs) Uh, he likes guys who stick to the game plan, um, don't try to play out of who they are. And, um, you know, that's that's something that a successful football team needs to, they just need to consistently do. Um, draft guys who can trust the game plan and be great in it, excel in it, and fit, scheme, fit, right? That's what we need. You can have all the speed in the world. Both sides of the football. But if you don't fit the scheme well, what's the point? You see it a lot. You see great players try to start their career somewhere else, and they just don't fit. Hell, I'll be honest with you. I thought that was going to happen to Tom Brady. With all that talent, I didn't see it starting to really get together. He figured it out. You know, he's Tom Brady. <laughs> he had great players. But you, you saw, like, the, he came out of a Sean, you know, a, Sean, a Josh McDaniels scheme that was just built, you know, for, for the Tom Brady, you know. And it's just like, he goes to Bruce Arians and everyone thinks, you know, right away it's just going to gel. Like, scheme, fit. Is everything. It can make amazing players look like crap. And uh, you look, we've had a lot of players in the past, right, who we believed, you know, we were going to draft and, you know, they were going to be amazing and this, this, and that because they were the best player on the board. They're the best player on the board. But you saw time and time again, talent wasted. Then we're like, oh, we developed them and they went somewhere else and they excelled. No, man, I just don't think they were a good scheme fit. Like, I truly believe to this day that Odell Beckham would have had a more successful career in Buffalo than Sammy Watkins did. Even though Sammy Watkins put up, you know, decent numbers, I mean, you saw a guy who tries to play out of who he is and doesn't try to trust what the, you know, the offensive game plan is every single week. it's just not going to work. I think the Bills have an identity on the offensive side. I think we're starting to really, you know, figure it out on the defensive side of the football all over again. But that's my two cents. All right. So now we're going to get into the mock draft.
All right, here we go. Mach 5.0 with the first pick at 30. I got Mac Jones. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> he actually fell that far in this one, but I did not go Mac Jones. I, I swear, I promise. Okay, don't get mad at me. All right, all over again. I went Travis Etienne. We're gonna go. We're gonna go. Travis Etienne. He finally dropped. Weeks have been going, and I've been doing a lot of mocks, and you know things have been fluctuating. But um, yeah, I got Travis Etienne going at thirty. All right, and here we go at sixty-one. All over again. It's this one's. It's funny. It's starting. To, I know for a lot of you, it's starting to look a lot like my my two my three Joseph Asai out of Texas fell again. And I, I snatched him. I, I, this guy for me is just very explosive. I think it's an edge rush um, need that he just fills. He just fills the need. And I think this guy definitely um, could make, an, I think, an immediate impact in a rotational um, aspect of you know the Buffalo Bills defense. And I told you about this next pick here at 93. I told you about him. Rico Bussey Jr., man, this kid plays big time. I want to go wide receiver. Look, I get it. It's now I'm going, you know, offense, you know, offensive heavy in this draft. A lot of the defensive guys that I was looking at that I've been consistently keeping an eye on did not fall to 93. So I had to go with my gut here. Um, and it was, it was pretty slim pickings as well. So, uh, you know, going straight into the third round, you got to got to really be able to do your research, understand who's there, how they're going to impact, what they're going to really be able to do. Um, so that's who I got at 93. All right, then at 161, I got Trey Hill interior offensive line out of Georgia. So this guy, I like him a lot because two things. He's strong at the point of attack, and he's good in the run game. And he's very versatile as far as being able to put him outside and inside. He switched to guard a few times, so that's why I want to take him at that pick there. Okay, and then at pick 174, I got Chauncey Golston, edge out of Iowa. This guy's total scheme fit for me. Gets penetration. I feel like he's an early down guy, someone who can really impact the run game, impact the play action game, just really disrupt a quarterback's rhythm early on. Just And also, you want to bring him to the rotation. Um, you want a guy who can buy into the system and know that he fits and not try to play outside of who he is. That's what I want to see. And look, it's a trend you're starting to see, right? Pick by pick by pick. Scheme fit, scheme fit, scheme fit. We have the pieces in place. Scheme fit is everything. All right, then I pick two. 13 the sixth round it's funny this guy i keep running into him uh, you know six two a little over 200 pounds josh and matter a wide receiver out of illinois he, he's a, he's a freak when it comes down to being able to jump and get that football man and i think that's something that you know definitely brings a red zone threat brings versatility look you look at a guy that can just if we're going to become a pass heavy team we're going to have guys who are going to get nicked up and we need guys who are scheme fit being able to really benefit what the Bills do on offense, and that's just try to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers, even if they're not that fast. And I feel like Josh Allen's got obviously gotten a lot more accurate to where he can get the ball to a guy like this, I think, easily. And that's a six-round pick right there. All right, and in the seventh round, look, I know it sounds a little crazy. I just I think the Bills are going to find a way to get, you know trade out of it and maybe get a pick next year. Simple as that. <laughs> I know I haven't done that in my last couple of mocks, but um, you know I think 
the, the needs are, are filled as far as um, what we've been able to do in free agency. And um, based off of this draft, I think the Bills will be really set up to have a really strong offseason, bring in some guys who can fit the scheme, and <laughs> help the Bills make another playoff run, man. That's what I'm excited about. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me again. Uh, you know, it's an honor to be able to, you know, in your eardrums as weird as that sounds and you guys are listening to me every single weekend uh everyone on buffalo rumblings you know we thank you uh just for following all of our content you know we've been really just pushing out a bunch trying to get all of um our listeners and bills fans who are listeners as well like uh, you know insight as to what's happening um what we expect to go down and you know we're going to continue the coverage and uh, I'm super excited about this draft. I know you guys are too. And this is such an exciting time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. An exciting time to learn about football. And I feel like the Buffalo Bills, you know, just Bills Mafia, I feel like we've come, we've come so far together as far as our football knowledge. Um, you know, and, and being able to, you know, benefit off of each other and learn from each other about, um, you know, how to really understand how the Bills made this all turn around. Let me tell you something. It's because of the drafting. So don't forget that. And so this is a big deal. It may not feel monumental, but look, as far as having growth and being consistent, this is what the Bills are good at. And if they stay good at this, I don't see them going irrelevant for the next 20 years, all right? Drafting keeps you in the game, right? So as long as the Buffalo Bills are able to do that can well, and build around the pieces they have, we have a great chance at building a dynasty. So thank you guys for listening again on Buffalo on Buffalo Rumblings on Buff Up. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Bills.